11 of the Equip podcast. Thank you for pressing play. Whether you're visiting my website or downloading this episode from iTunes, it means a lot that you are investing time for your day to listen to the Equipped podcast. I recently took a trip by myself to Saskatoon. During my journey, I was listening to a podcast where the host and the guest were discussing the problem of biblical illiteracy in our world today. This just makes me so sad. Years ago, when teaching a youth Sunday school class, I asked them to turn to the book of Hebrews and they couldn't find it. In many churches, congregations are encouraged to read scriptures from a screen rather than his holy word that we have the privilege of holding in our hands. People have died to enjoy that freedom. In the last episode, we talked about developing deep roots. And how can we do that if we do not have a relationship with our creator? Communication creates relationship. The Bible is direct communication. In episode 8, I gave an example of how I study my Bible. I talked about how I read, I seek understanding, and then application. The middle part there, the seeking understanding, is essential. Every Christmas, our family enjoys watching the Home Alone movies. Like what you see in the Home Alone movies, our family has a Carlton travel tradition. We don't forget any of our children at home or leave them in strange places. Ours is is that at some point during our family holidays, our camping trailer gets a flat tire. We have owned a couple of different trailers and it never fails that we get a flat tire. It generally is found on the driver's side. My husband has holiday traffic flying past him as he's laying on the road trying to fix our situation. I'm usually asked to stand in the road so that he doesn't get hit. When we travel, I need to start wearing really bright clothes when we travel so that people can see me standing in the middle of the road, or maybe we'd need to invest in some pylons. I asked our daughters what their craziest family vacation memory was, and it was when we were traveling to northern Saskatchewan to our favorite fishing lake. And once again, we get a flat tire. Dark clouds had been following us for a couple of hours, and now that we were stopped at the side of the road, the threatening clouds were starting to catch up. Knowing our family travel tradition, you would think that we would be prepared for such an incident, but we were not. My husband had purchased a new truck a year or so earlier, and the jack had never been needed. We didn't even know where it was located. I am frantically reading the owner's manual, trying to locate it, and then you need a special key to unlock it to get it out. It was really quite complicated. Our girls during this time were also giving us weather reports on the location of the storm that is aggressively moving closer and closer. We didn't really need the update because the temperature was dropping, it was getting dark too quickly and the mosquitoes were having a feast. This time the flat tire was on the passenger side so I didn't have to act as a pylon. In the remote area of Saskatchewan where we were we didn't even see another vehicle. If we did they would have stopped to help because that is the way the great people of Saskatchewan are. 
Thankfully, my husband is a jack of all trades, and after we found everything we needed, the flat tire was changed quickly. I started to put everything away as the thunder rolled over our heads, and my husband loaded the flat tire into the back of the truck, and we were thankful to get out of the swarm of mosquitoes as we climbed into the cab of the truck. We gave each other the look of, we're glad that's over, just as lightning struck the ditch on the other side of the road. What a loud and terrifying experience. Why am I sharing this story? I think that our family travel experiences are exciting, but they're nothing compared to Paul's missionary journey found in the book of Acts. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Acts. We have, it's in the New Testament, we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we move into the books of Acts. In my Bible, it's called Acts of the Apostles. I've heard other teachers refer to it Acts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a look at Paul's second journey. And that starts in chapter 16. So we're going to go a little bit ahead of the 17, which we're going to study a little bit more. The missionaries, Paul and Silas, are in Philippi, where they meet Lydia, the maker of purple cloth. Why is that mentioned? The maker of purple cloth. Because purple was a difficult color to make. The fact that she was known for this means that she had a special talent. She had a special gift in her fabric making abilities. And she would have been quite wealthy because the fabric would be quite expensive because of the work that was involved. When she heard Paul's message of salvation through Christ, she believed and her and her family were baptized. Paul and Silas stayed in Leah's home during their time in Philippi. They taught many of the, the small church was located in Lydia's home. So Lydia's home was quite large, was large enough that they could have church meetings in her home. One day, as Paul and Silas are on their way to prayer, they cast a demon out from a slave girl, which caused great upset because the slave girl's master was not happy about this. He went to the city officials and they came and found Paul and Silas. They stripped them, beat them with rods, and were thrown into prison with their feet clamped in stocks. Paul's travel tradition was repeatedly finding himself in jail. I'll gladly take my pylon duty over spending time in jail, like Paul did. So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns in their jail cell when there was a massive earthquake which flew open the prison gates and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The guard awoke and assumed that all the prisoners were gone, raised his sword to end his life, but was stopped with the sound of Paul's voice saying, We are all here. The guard, so overwhelmed, fell at their feet and asked, what must I do to be saved? In the middle of the night, the guard and his household were baptized and they shared a great meal together. The next day, the city officials came to Paul and Silas and begged them to leave. They returned to Lydia's home, met with the believers one last time and left for Thessalonica. That was quite an experience in Philippi. I would need a holiday. But as soon as Paul and Silas arrived, they began teaching. Some believed and some did not. Paul and Silas were called troublemakers and accused of treason against Caesar. 
and Paul and Silas had to keep moving on. From there, they left for Berea. Google tells me that Berea is a 50 mile or an 81 kilometer journey and a walking travel time of 18 hours and 11 minutes. And when Paul and Silas arrive in Berea, they go to the synagogue to teach. We're gonna meet up with Paul and Silas. If you turn to chapter 17, we'll see what it says that happens in the church in Berea. So we're start at verse 10. That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. When they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. The people of Berea were more open-minded they listened eagerly. They searched the scriptures, which would have been the Old Testament, to see if what Paul and Silas were teaching was truth. And many believed. Can I just tell you how much I love the people of Berea? Remember what I said at the beginning of the podcast? Seeking understanding of the scriptures is essential. So here is an interesting fact. The Bereans did not receive a letter from Paul. The church in Philippi did. Remember what we learned a few episodes ago when we highlighted our words joy? The church in Thessalonica received two letters, as well as many other churches that Paul traveled to on his missionary journey that you can read about in Acts. His letters were generally correction and encouragement to the churches to stay true to God's word. The Bereans had it figured out. Why is Acts 17 verses 10 to 15 included in the scriptures? This is why it's included. It is to encourage the searching of the scriptures. It proves the truth of the scriptures and that the scriptures can be read and understood by ordinary people with a dependence on God for help. The book of Acts is written by Luke. And Luke also wrote the book of Luke, which is in the, one of the first four Gospels. So Luke is a physician. The way that he writes is that he gives an orderly account of the promises fulfilled in Scripture. When he writes the book of Luke, it's like part one and Acts is part two, as we see the account of the promises fulfilled through Scripture. What does this mean to you and to me? We need to read we need to travel with Paul on his missionary journey through the book of Acts. We need to seek understanding. What is happening? What is going on through Paul's journey? Application. What can we learn from this passage? What did we learn from the Bereans? I learned that I can search for the truth in scriptures. Why is this important? What we learn becomes a part of who we are. We can't stand for truth if we don't know it. The only way to truly know if it is truth is to read it for ourselves, to earnestly seek understanding and apply it to our lives. May you come to know and to fully understand how perfectly equipped you are and apply it to your everyday life. Thank you for joining me on this episode.